Good morning. Welcome to Church of the Palms. My name is Linda Evans, and I serve as the moderator of Presbyterian Women in our congregation. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. As we prepare for worship, let us bow our heads in prayer. Gracious God, you have invited and welcomed us to this place of worship. You draw us away from the idols we create to take your place. When we come together, we sense that there is nothing in life that can substitute for a vital relationship with you. Yet, we are only dimly aware of who you are. All the mysteries of the universe are in your hands, yet you have made yourself known among the people of this earth. We catch the glimpses of your work among us and are amazed. We want to meet you again today as for the first time. Touch us, remake us, help us to stand firm in the faith. Amen. Now as we worship together, may our hearts receive his Holy Spirit, our ears listen to his words, and our voices be raised in praise to the glory of God.
Will you please stand for the call to worship? Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, bless his name. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Let us worship God. God revealed to us in scripture is a welcoming and an inclusive God who directs us to love one another. Have we created barriers that keep us from that love? Possibly. Do we need his forgiveness? Yes. Let us seek to remove all the barriers that keep us from that love by coming now to confess all that separates us from God and one another. God of mercy, you have planted within us a desire to observe justice and do righteousness. We want to be fair and honorable, to lighten the life shared openly and difficult words. Instead, we are often defensive, fearful, and distracted. We spend more time with our toys than with your truth. We achieve temporary thrills rather than lasting meaning. Then we are disappointed when our golden calves bring no fulfillment. <clears throat> we return to you, loving God, intent on following the guidance we are receiving from you. Save us from ourselves, in Jesus' name. <clears throat> Amen. This is the good news. For all of us, whatever we have done, 
whatever we have failed to do. Whoever we are, whoever we wish we were but not, we are loved and we are forgiven. We are accepted, we are washed clean, we are raised up, we are welcome. So friends, believe the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Let us share together these wonderful historic words that bind us together as Christians around the world, the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who is conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He ascended to hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. What a wonderful day to share some fellowship with one another. Let's take a, a couple minutes. Good morning. Good morning. We are so glad you're with us this morning. We're grateful to be greeted by such a beautiful day. Hope that you will know of God's presence here in our midst as we gather together as the people of faith, knowing that it's the Lord that beckons us here and it's the Lord who sends us out into the world. So we encourage you to uh, find perhaps a new friend this morning. And we'd love for you to do that by taking a look at the friendship paths which are going uh, hopefully already, starting from one end of the aisle to the next, and we hope that you'll put name and face together, and more importantly, come out afterwards underneath the shade of the big oak tree under in our courtyard where we're serving Ethiopian coffee today. So, uh, you know, try some new coffee, try some new friends, uh, and we uh, will continue to grow in our life together here at Church of the Palms. We uh, are grateful. We are in this uh, very special month where uh, we are celebrating the gift of the Reformation. And uh, many of you already know it's the 500th anniversary of the Reformation. We'll be celebrating that at the end of October. Reformation Sunday is October 29th. You can uh, learn more about the Reformation by coming to our Wednesday evening class, 6.30. Mingi and Will Brown are teaching that. It's, uh, it's a jam-packed, but there's always a seat available for you. Uh, to come and learn about this very important moment in the history of the church. So 6.30 on Wednesday evening, and then 
Two weeks from today, on the 29th, we're going to be celebrating Reformation Sunday uh, by inviting you to, uh, you know, Presbyterians do it Scottish kind of way, you know, because uh, that's our thing. Uh, but not all of you are Scots, unfortunately. So uh, because of that, we want to invite you to come two weeks from today in your own ancestral garb, wherever you come, wherever you hail from, whatever you most identify with, come in that garb. You know, it's just something. It doesn't have to be the whole thing. But if you want it to be the whole thing, it can be the whole thing if you want. So, but come and join us on the 29th as we sort of bring all nations to celebrate this great gift of the Reformation. That, uh, that we um, rejoice in and know is a very important part of our heritage. We uh, invite you to look at page nine, a couple of upcoming gatherings. Uh, Presbyterian women are having a gathering in a couple of weeks, or this end of this week, and uh, Handel's Messiah. The uh, rehearsals for that begin uh, very soon, so take a look at those details. It's so great to have Judy Lutz back in the chancel this morning. Genevieve is on vacation, and as always, she is here to help us out, so give Judy a big round of applause as well. Let's continue our worship.
I'd like to invite our newest members to come forward to be received into membership. And I always forget to make this announcement. After the service, you can greet these people uh, outside on your way over to drink that Ethiopian coffee. So it is good to have you good folks before us this morning. And as I call it your name, if you would raise your hand and uh, that way we can put face and name together. Uh, a couple of folks weren't able to be with us today. So Jim Bennett and John and Pam Gillespie were not able to be here. Pam is a little under the weather. So Bob and Linda Bruxiger and Steve and Joe Sergio and Gordon and Jean Trotter and Tom and Lynn Watson. All right, give them a big round of applause, would you? You get to turn now and face me, and uh, we're up applauding in faith that you'll get the answers right to these next questions, so <laughs> we're, we're trusting in that. But uh, we're grateful that you have uh, sat with us in a new members class and you've learned about our common mission here at Church of the Palms to love God and love neighbor. And we are grateful that you have chosen this family of faith to take that next step of your own spiritual journey such that as we together uh, join, we will know more about the presence of God and the call of God to face into our world. So to that end, I'd like to ask you these questions. Is Jesus Christ your Savior and Lord? Yes. Do you trust in him? Yes. Do you intend to be his disciple, to obey his word and to show his love? Yes. Will you be a faithful member of this congregation, giving of yourself in every way, and will you seek the fellowship of the church wherever you may be? Good job. <laughs> you got the answers right. Um, we make light of that, but that is really such a significant step. We have, you have reaffirmed your faith in Jesus Christ, and you have uh, reconnected with a new family of faith. And we're grateful for that, and we're grateful that we get to shoulder to shoulder walk with you as we seek to be the people of God in the world, to shine God's light in the world through all of what we do and all of what we say. So we're blessed by your presence and blessed by our common fellowship with you. So let us pray. Lord, we thank you that you are a God of grace and a God of mercy and a God of welcome. And we thank you that you are the God of family and that whatever form that family would take in this world, Lord, we are grateful that you invite them all into this family. And thank you, O oh Lord, that you have uh, woven our various paths together, even in this moment as we receive these new members. And we're so grateful that not only are we a family, O oh Lord, but that you give us a call to go into the world to love our neighbor as much as we love ourselves. And we're thankful for that because that means life is bigger than us. So we're grateful that you have given us these good new friends to walk alongside of as we seek to carry out that mission. And we think of all the various ways by which we carry out that mission, even here at Church of the Palms, and pray your blessing upon children who would come to be tutored, or we pray your blessing upon folks who would come to the counseling center here at Church of the Palms to receive encouragement along life's way. We thank you for the opportunity we have to care for families who come onto our campus uh, to be cared for and to have their children cared for throughout the day. We thank you for every bag of groceries we get to hang, hand out to people as they come to get just a little bit of help over the next few days. Lord, all of these and so many other things are a way by which we get to love our neighbor. And we think especially today of a neighbor far away, of Pastor Hytham and his congregation in Iraq, who will potentially be under great pressure in these days to come. And ask, Lord, that you will continue to bring peace to that region, that the people of Kirkuk will know that you are there and that you are, that you are encouraging them and that you are strengthening them in the time of need. Lord, all of these people are our neighbors, and we thank you that we get to be about this mission of loving God and loving neighbor, and ask, Lord, that you will um, impress upon these people here your Holy Spirit, that they may know what their particular call is, and that we may together be that light in your world. All these things we pray in the name of Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done 
on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Welcome to the church. Yes, welcome. 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 Yes, welcome. 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 Yeah, welcome. Let's continue our worship through the presentation of our tithes and gifts and offerings.
Let us pray. Our most loving and gracious God, accept these, our offerings, as a token of our love and gratitude to you. Bless these and use them and multiply them so that all may come to live in your love and grace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please be seated as the children come forward with Lori for a special time. It will be a special time indeed. Good morning. This is such a great day for me. Miss Carol gets to be on vacation, and I get to do the children's moment, and I get to wear overalls. I don't know why these ever went out of style. They're like the best. Will you leave that open right there on each side? That's great. Oh, my gosh, that looks so good. Well, I got to wear, oh, so sorry, overalls because we are talking about a farmer and a rancher. And dust off the old noggins. And what does a rancher take care of? Does anyone know? Wow, excuse me. A rancher takes care of a farm, and there's something that lives on the farm, perhaps. Yes. Horses. Horses. And then if you think shepherd, maybe. Probably a sheep, because there's like a sheep on that. That is good thinking. Probably a sheep, because indeed there is a sheep on that. And farmers then take care of what? Oh, come on. I mean, this is like all the clues that I can give. Farmers take care of... Grow crops. Grow crops. Excellent. You are so smart. This is going to take us a long time. I'll try to pick it up. Okay. So these particular brothers, one is named Cain. He took care of the crops. Abel took care of the sheep. They have really famous parents. The first two people that God ever made. Famous, famous parents. And what were their names? Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve. Excellent. Well... Ever since Eve was tempted by the snake, and she and Adam disobeyed, and they ate that forbidden fruit, there was one little word, one three little word, three little letters, that got entered into the world. Can you see what it is? You want to say it? Sin. Sin. And it caused a big problem. Will you hang on to that for me? I'm going to need that again. So here's what happened. One day, let me hang on to that for me. These two brothers were going to make an offering to God. So Abel made his offering of his beautiful sheep. And Cain made his offering of yeah, corn. For some reason, God didn't like what Cain offered. We don't know why. The Bible doesn't say. But we do know what Cain did. He was so angry. Can I see your angry face? He was so angry, but not at God. He was angry at his brother. He was so mad that he did something terrible. He did that little three-letter word. Remember it? Sin. He sinned. Here's what he did. He's like inviting his brother to the field within one day. Oh, my gosh. Invites his brother to the field with him one day. So they're walking along the field, and when nobody is looking, you know what he does? Sorry, Olivia. He kills him. He kills him. And God just shakes his head, and he is so, so sad. God says, Cain, what have you done? Well, you know when you do something wrong, you sometimes get a consequence, get sent to timeout, get sent to your room. Cain had a consequence. He could no longer do farming, which he loved, and he had to be sent far, far away from the home that he'd only known. One little word, sin, caused a big problem, and it's the same for us today. The bad news is that we all sin and fall short to the glory of God. And that's bad because God doesn't want to be separated from us. But the good news is that God sent his son to die on the cross to take all of our sins so that we never have to be separated from him again. Will you pray with me? Gracious God, we are so, so sorry for the sins that we do, both little and big. Please forgive us, Lord, and thank you, God, for sending your son 
so that we never have to be separated from you again. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. seated. So Abel had the Michigan jersey on. I can only imagine who the murder, what, what jersey the murderer had on. <laughs> we won't go there. Our scripture lessons this morning are both from the Old Testament, and we are continuing our journey through the great story of God, and today we find ourselves in the uh, history of Israel, and in particular, uh, in the beginning of the journey of Samuel, one of the great judges, one of the wise judges of Israel. And this is how the story of Samuel begins within the great story of God. So hear the word of God as it comes to us, only from the first 10 verses. I know we have 21 listed there in your bulletin, and if you've already gone ahead and read all those, then you get extra credit. First <laughs> Samuel chapter three. Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord under Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. Visions were not widespread. At that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, was lying down in his room. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. And the Lord called, Samuel, Samuel. And he said, Here I am. And ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call. Lie down again. So he went and lay down. The Lord called again, Samuel, Samuel. 
Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. So the Lord called Samuel again a third time, and he got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. And therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go, lie down, and if he calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord, for thy servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Now the Lord came and stood there, calling as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Our second lesson is from Isaiah chapter 55, verses 6 through 9. Seek the Lord while he may be found, call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their way and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them return to the Lord that he may have mercy on them and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. By your grace and through your mercy, we pray, O Lord, that you will allow these words to come to point to the word just read and to the word made flesh in Jesus the Christ, for we pray this in his name. Amen. It was freshman orientation at college, Westminster College. A couple hundred of us, hundred of us, new college students were ushered into a small auditorium for a reading test. We were told that there were to be a few sections of the test and that we should pay attention to the verbal instructions as we took the test. That was about the last thing I heard from the proctor before I began goofing off with a couple of my friends, my newfound friends in the back row. The next thing I heard from the front was begin. So. I began and began reading the text before me, and after I got through a first, uh, the first couple of paragraphs, I thought maybe I should go back and, you know, reread and see, get the full gist and all the details of what I had just read. And as I went back to the beginning, all of a sudden I heard, stop. So I stopped. Please circle the number next to the line where you stopped. So I circled the line, the second line of the first paragraph. And then we were told to move on to the next section. Now, one of the instructions I had not heard while I was messing around in the back row with my newfound friends was that the section that we had just read was for reading speed. <laughs> and I had just indicated that my reading speed was about 10 words in two minutes. <laughs> so about two weeks later, I was called into the dean's office, and there I was politely encouraged to take a remedial reading course. I tried to explain to the dean what I had done, and though she doubted my story, she agreed to let me continue through the first semester, and if I was getting myself into trouble, that I would agree to take a remedial reading course. All because I chose not to listen. I didn't really care to listen. Unfortunate things can happen when you don't care to listen. Juxtapose that story with another story, and this is a story, another story out of my childhood, and it is a composite memory I have of sitting with my father in our family room on the east side of Detroit on summer nights, and between us there stands a Panasonic radio, one of those portable Panasonic radios, you know, with the AM, FM dial and the antenna that sticks up. And one of us is playing ever so sensitively with the dial, trying to pick up the frequency of a radio station in St. Louis, KMOX. KMOX broadcasted St. Louis Cardinal baseball games, and the frequency had a span of several hundred miles, and in the evening, especially a good evening, there was always a chance you could pick up the Cardinal game all the way up in Detroit. 
So there we would sit almost ear to ear, straining to hear for that minute spot on the dial where we would catch the sound of, of Jack Buck giving us the play-by-play. -play. There it is, there it is, one of us would say, as we could faintly hear the familiar voice. It's amazing what you will do when you really care to listen. I suppose one of the reasons why we are all here this morning, at least most of us, is that we are interested to some degree in hearing what the voice of God might say. When the alarm clock went off this morning, we decided to get out of bed. We got ourselves ready, drove over to church. We have been singing our songs, praying our prayers, reciting our creeds, and we have been now listening to what the Word of God, what the voice of God might say. This is kind of how we, on Sunday mornings, tune in. We are not, of course, the only folks interested in the voice of God. Plenty of people who don't go to church are also interested to some degree in what God might have to say, and they find all sorts of ways to tune in because the truth is God speaks in all sorts of ways, right? It's one thing you find out when you pick up your Bible and read. God speaks in all sorts of ways to all sorts of people in all sorts of places. Some hear audible voices, but most don't. Moses had a burning bush, the wise men had a star, the disciples saw and heard a rabbi, Paul had a blinding light. God speaks in all sorts of ways. But one of the common mistakes we can make while reading the Bible is to think that God speaks primarily in special effects. That if we're really going to hear God, it's likely going to be through some supernatural pyrotechnic way some bolt of lightning or some stereophonic voice or some celestial movement is going to be the way that God gets our attention. And that's how we often think about God, right? As this divine being whose job it is to get our attention. Yeah, yo God, if you, you want to speak to me, best you get my attention. I'm a busy guy, I got things to do, bills to play, pay, chores to run, golf to play. So a little writing in the sky, please, a little bolt out of the heavens, a little voice over the loudspeaker, and I'm all ears for you then, God. And sometimes, maybe that very kind of thing happens. Not very often, not ever to me. Because the truth is, God is speaking all the time. God is speaking all the time. The heavens, the psalmist says, the heavens are declaring the glory of God. The earth is full of the goodness of God, he says again. The kingdom of heaven is in your midst, Jesus says. The spirit blows where it wills, he says again. God, God is speaking to us every moment. Every waking moment, even every non-waking moment, God is speaking in the Bible, in the creation, in the circumstances of life, in your conscience. God is speaking all the time. But God is not necessarily concerned about trying to get your attention. God is happy to wait until the end of time for you and me to give our attention. <laughs> oh, but God is not necessarily concerned about chasing you down for your attention. I love our story from 1 Samuel, how this young religious neophyte Samuel is in the, in the court of Eli, and he's lying down, and he hears what is the voice of God. It's not that he's listening for the voice of God, but, but he hears it, and when he hears it, he assumes it's the voice of somebody else, particularly his teacher. So he goes to Eli, and he says, what do you want? And Eli says, I didn't say anything. Go back to bed. Samuel goes back to bed. The voice comes again. Samuel goes back to Eli. Does it a third time. Eli finally figures it out and says to Samuel, go back to bed and say this. Speak, Lord, for thy servant is listening. You've been speaking all the time, Lord. But speak again, because now I'm giving you my attention. And the Lord speaks Samuel gives his attention, 
And Samuel is enfolded by the movement of God. The Lord speaks. Samuel gives his attention. And Samuel is enfolded by this great story of God and goes on to be one of the great and wise judges of Israel. Do you have any interest in being enfolded by the movement of God? We all get enfolded by something, right? We get enfolded by anxiety, we get enfolded by our egos, we get enfolded by our work, we get enfolded by our golf game, we get enfolded by our goals and our deadlines. We all get enfolded. But what about being enfolded by something as beautiful and as gracious and as lovely as the movement of God? What would it mean for you and me if we were to give our moments over to being enfolded in the gracious and loving and beautiful movement of God, to to, to let God's voice enfold us? Well, I've asked our friend Jonathan Spivey to do me a favor this morning. And I've asked him to play a small section of a piece of music of his own choosing, something important to him. So Jonathan agreed, and he's going to play for us a section of Franz Schubert's Impromptu in A-flat. So Jonathan, that is a beautiful piece of music and uh, something that obviously uh, speaks to you, is important to you, and um, something you just picked up this morning? Uh, no. No? Um, so when did you first come across that piece of music? Well, actually, it was assigned to me by a teacher right about in the fourth grade, and um, at first, it was just that, an assignment. But then around ninth grade or so, I dug it out again. It had become more of a friend to me at that point. So I used it for a competition. And then fast forward to my senior year in high school, when it was time to apply for college, I used it for an entrance exam to get into a music school college. So you started with that a long time ago. And um, obviously, you've been on a journey with it from when you began to where you are today with it. Tell us a little bit more about that journey. Well, it has been my feeling that the piece hasn't changed, but I've changed in relation to it. I've come to understand it more as I've gotten closer to it, as I've listened to other recordings of it, um, and as I've used it in different kinds of settings. It's become more and more uh, important to me. And finally, I used it recently in testing out a new piano because I've discovered that this piece, with all its subtleties and power, um, will tell you everything you need to know about an instrument. So it's one, thank you, Jonathan. Give Jonathan a round of applause. So it's one thing to have a piece of music, be given a piece of music in the fourth grade, but it's another thing to let it enfold you, right? You actually have to pay attention to it. You have to pick it up. You have to listen to it. You have to study it. You have to give it your attention. You have to rehearse it. And then finally you get to express it. The, the music doesn't run after you to get your attention. No. 
No, the music waits for you to give it your attention. So those of us who would dare to desire to be enfolded by the movement of God, we who would dare to desire to hear God's, God speak to us, we who would dare to wonder what, what life might be like if we were to listen and take on the Spirit of God into our lives, we might begin realizing that, that God is not first in the business of trying to get our attention. No, the music is already there. God is speaking all the time. It's up to us as to whether we're going to give our attention. And attention must be paid because God's ways are not our ways, says Isaiah, and his thoughts are not our thoughts. The, the score of God's voice may not be a score that we've even ever heard before. So we pay attention. Speak, Lord, for thy servant is listening. We lie down and we pause and we take out our earbuds and we grow silent and we watch events unfold and we wonder about them. We open up the pages of the Bible and we read them and and we read them, and we read them, and we read them. We bow our heads, and we pray. And in our prayer, we speak, maybe, but then we listen. We listen more than we speak. We listen to the silence, and we count our days and wonder, what are you telling me, Lord? We, we take long walks and ponder the land and the water and the sky and our fellow human beings, and we know that the earth is full of the goodness of the Lord, and that goodness is trying to speak to me. The, the frequency is on the radio. The proctor is giving me instruction and we lean in and we listen and we tune and we listen and we go back to our Bibles and we read some more and we make ourselves available. And we pay attention and we practice and we fall in love with it and we, we let God exercise God's right to free speech. Everybody's talking about free speech. We get to let God have his free speech. And we pay attention and we let it seep into our lives and we fall so much in love with it that we express it with our heart and our mind and our soul and our strength and we give it our heart and mind and soul and strength and we end up through it loving the world with it. We begin to play what the composer always intended for us to play. We begin to live like Jesus because long ago the composer made his way inside of us and we let him shape us, and we let him express himself through us, and we get enfolded by the movement of God. Because God is moving, right? God is moving forward with his grace and his love and wants to embrace us and take us with him, and when we let the voice of God, when we let the music of God make its way into us, guess what? We had then have nothing to fear, nothing to grow anxious about, nothing to worry about because we've been embraced. We are lost in the wonder of the composer and all of what we get to do reflects God's glory. Speak, Lord. Speak. Speak. For thy servant is listening.
Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with you now and forevermore. Amen. Thank you.